Welcome back to the Craft Beer Marketing Awards Marketing on Tap podcast. This is episode five, and we are sponsored by the EGC Group. I am CBMA's co-founder and your co-host, Jim McCune, and with me is CBMA's co-founder and co-host, Jackie DeBella. Hey. We are stoked to have with us today, Isaac Arthur, and he's the co-founder of Kodo Design. And if you don't know who they are, then you are probably not in the craft beer marketing and design business. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Kodo Design is an Indianapolis-based branding firm. And I know Kodo was awarded a Platinum Crushy. Um, mm-hmm. And that was in one of our toughest categories, Best Logo Design for Typography. And you guys got that for your work with Atlanta Brewing. And we know they have a super dope look, but we'll circle back to this. Jackie, let's get Isaac properly introduced here. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I think it's super interesting that you're on the show. I know a lot of people are excited about having you here. Um, You guys do everything from developing brands strategically to rebranding, to helping them grow, design, everything. So... You've done. You've written books, uh, the Craft Beer Branding Guide, as as Jim mentioned. Um, you do your mailer, which is huge. Beer branding trends newsletter. Um, we're gonna we're gonna let you hold the stage on this one. Um, I know everybody's eager to hear what you know about. I would love to talk about where you guys kind of started out. I know you were kind of at the cusp of right before the craft beer boom, um, and then you know a topic me and Jim love to talk about is rebrands. And from a marketing standpoint, let's also talk design and newsletter. Um, anything you want to dive into, we're here. We're excited. Let's do it. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Jackie. That's great. Jim, thanks for having me by. Um, it probably makes sense to start a long time ago. Uh, just give you a quick rundown on who Kodo is and lead up to current day and talk about beer and all that good stuff. So Kodo is now 11 and a half. I think we're, we're almost 12. Uh, 12-year-old, 11-and-a-half-year-old food and beverage branding firm based in Indianapolis, Indiana, like you mentioned. Uh, my business partner, Cody, and I, we met in school. This would have been college back in like 2006. And we bonded over these internship experiences that he and I had each had where I was at a large design firm. He was in the design side of a large PR firm. And each of us as students interning in these places uh, saw the creative industry creating a barrier between clients and designers. And we saw these slick dressed account managers creating a firewall between the actual people that need the work done and then the designers that are actually slaving away and making the work. And it created a lot of a lot of uh, frustration. So like blown deadlines, blown budget, poor work, poor relationships. And, and so we thought we could create better work by uh, removing that hubris and, and putting collaboration at the center of everything we do. So we graduated on May 10th, 2009, founded Kodo the following Monday based on the belief that we can create better work by including our clients in the creative process. And then fast forward a little bit, um, we've been very fortunate to grow to a seven person shop. We should probably be eight. We're kind of working on that now. And we, I'll, I'll skip over the first year and just get to 2010 because that first year doesn't really count anyway. So we landed our first brewery client in 2010. And that is right at the beginning of when the, the beer industry exploded. Uh, I'll, t- I'll finish talking about Kodo and then we'll talk about the actual craft beer timeline itself. But uh, today, you know, we help breweries all over the world, predominantly in the States, but, but abroad as well, uh, brand and rebrand. You know, the bulk of our work over the last few years has been helping large regional or national breweries rebrand, defining their positioning and brand strategy, 
developing identity and packaging, everything geared towards the goal of selling more beer and helping folks grow their business. And then beyond beer, we, we do a lot of work with hospitality groups, bars, restaurants, distilleries, cannabis, coffee roasters, food artisans, CPG food products. If you can eat it or drink it, Coto brands it, though we do focus most of our energy on beer. And I'm rambling too long now. So let's talk about beer itself and the beer timeline, the industry as we know it today. In 2000, I think my numbers are right here, there were about 1,500 microbreweries, they were called back then, uh, 1,500 breweries in the, in the United States. By 2010, that number had grown to around 1,800. So that's 300 breweries over the course of a decade. And that's right when we got in. Uh, and then from 2010 to 2020, 2021 now, we've, I think it's 8,300, 8,500. It, it's a crazy yeah. number. Two to three breweries opening a day for years in the States. So just not even a hockey stick, just a straight vertical line as far as growth is concerned. And, and we were very fortunate. We kind of Mr. Magood our way into this space. We, we wanted to work with food and bev and work with breweries. So we started doing that in 2010 and we kind of strapped ourselves to a rocket from 2010 to about 2016, 17, we had worked with maybe 30 or so breweries. It's just, you know, new brewery opening every day, people reaching out all the time. So all of our work at that time was with breweries and planning. So we, we got to see folks that are coming to market with multi-million dollar budgets, people that are cashing out 401ks and, and, and trying to start their dreams. So it's a really fun time for us working with folks everywhere. And that just to kind of put a benchmark here, that, that culminated in our first book, Craft Beer Branding Guide. I think we published in 16 or 17, can't recall, sometime back then. But uh, for, for folks that are interested, you can check that out at craftbeerbrandingguide.com. That's the world's longest URL. And the, the value prop there, the thing that we were seeing was uh, for every one brewery that we would work with, we'd have 20 reach out that, that weren't able to, uh, we weren't able to make it work, whether there were budget constraints or whether it just wasn't a good fit or whatever. And we, we still feel then, but then also to this day that, that that doesn't make branding not important. And so for all those folks that I mentioned that were cashing out 401ks and, and cobbling up their friends and family's money and kind of giving it all they got to, to live this dream, uh, we wanted to build a, a document, a book that people could then kind of work through their strategy themselves. If you are balding on a budget, if you don't have that much money, work through the strategy yourself marshal every dollar you have to then have a graphic designer local to you execute on that vision. So that was our goal with that book. It was really successful. There are maybe three or 4,000 of the things out in the market. We still have some for sale. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, the beginning of us from 2010 to 17. And then uh, I'm going to stop talking and see if you guys have questions. But from here, we kind of shift into rebrands mm -hmm. uh, as far as where the industry I goes. I do have one question about something you said. Um, and I think it's super important. And we've actually heard this from a few people now. You mentioned the importance to you of having that designer-client relationship. So whether you're working with a brewery, a food product, anything, um, I think that's, that's super important. What's the biggest value that you see in that versus some others who have, you know, roles in between and kind of blocking that designer client relationship. Yeah, I think the most important idea here is that to truly understand as much as you can about uh, any business, but for a brewery, you need to spend time with those people. I, you know, in the before times that would have required us traveling across the country and spending a couple of days with people, drinking our way through their competitive set, spending time with their family, just talking to as many different people as we can. 
that is as quick a way to understand their hopes, their dreams, their differentiation, all of these things that need to be framed during the branding process. And it's much faster if we do that by eliminating all the, the firewalls that we can. So just directly, literally having the designers that are going to be working on your project and the creative director that's going to be overseeing the project, sitting across the table, drinking beer at 11 p.m. at night with the client. Not always, you know, we're getting older now, but as much as much we much did it, uh, we did more of it when we were younger. Uh, that creates more understanding, more rapport, more trust, and, and really just puts us in the right direction much sooner than if we had to go through this uh this kind of other filter of creating a brief and sending that over here to this team and sending it back to this team. That's an amazing way to streamline the process and these booklets and these newsletters and rebranding guides that you guys have supplied the industry, you know, at no cost really shows who you guys are and reinforces, you know, how great the craft brewing industry is and that camaraderie effect. And uh, the one thing I could say is, go ahead and do a Google search for Kodo design and, you know, click on the images button. And it's just, you'll see their work over the years. And I, at the end of the day, you guys do amazing work. And I think uh, that's why you would grow from one client to 50 clients that quickly um, is really uh, knowing the space and creating these beautiful packages that um, now we know are winning awards and, um, selling beer and food products. So why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit, and I'm always curious about it, and I'm sure listeners are, that um, that process in which a brewery might come to you and how does a brand get started? Are they coming to you with the name and the vision? Are you guys bringing that to the table? Yeah, that's, that's different for every client. Uh, if someone's coming to us, foundationally wanting to start from the ground up brewery and planning. Uh, we typically name them, but we have folks, especially now because it's so hard to name uh, any beverage period. But in the early days, people would come to us with names and assuming the name wasn't God awful, we would, we would work with it or, you know, politely say, Hey, let's let the strategy drive what maybe a different name could be. But yeah, uh, you know, it, typical project for us, like starting from the ground up could be, it, it all starts with brand strategy, you know, long before we ever sketch logos or packaging, we're, we're getting really deep in the weeds of what is our, uh, what are our core values? What is our positioning? How are we different? How does this play in the competitive set? Is there any white space? That, I mean, I know it's really hard to think about that with as many breweries as there are, but is there anything that we can carve off messaging wise, product wise, service wise, whatever, uh, that can actually differentiate us. And so working through that and brand essence and look and feel, what does it all look like? Um, starting there, and then after that, we, we work into actually designing the, the nuts and bolts of designing the identity and packaging and stuff. I just horrendously glossed over six months of work, but it starts with strategy for sure. Wow, that's brilliant. Um, obviously, we're the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, and you know we developed this competition to recognize and award the very best marketing in the brewing industry uh, this year across the whole world. And we've invited breweries and their agencies and artists and marketing partners, uh, just like you guys. Everyone's invited to enter their top work. Um, this year, the 2021 CBMAs actually includes 34 categories, all beer-related marketing aspects. And we even have a couple new categories this year. One obviously built for pandemic marketing, we saw so many breweries come to the table with amazing work. 
a lot of charity uh, fundraising efforts to help um, healthcare or the workforce. So we're looking forward to seeing the work entered this year for that. Uh, our first year, the 2020 CBMAs, I know that you guys took the Platinum Crushy Award for your work with Atlanta Brewing. And I love all of the stuff that I've ever seen from that brewery, especially the logo. Um, you want to talk to us a little bit about that uh, client and, and that project in particular and um, how you guys entered and uh, snagged that awesome award? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you know, Atlanta is a really special client. That was from 2017, 16, 17, well, from 2017 to 2018, almost overnight. Uh, as far as the industry goes, we saw a shift in our inquiries away from breweries and planning. So folks coming to market to established breweries like Atlanta or Red Brick at the time looking to rebrand that, you know, there were folks like Atlanta that were coming up on their, I think they were 24. Yeah, we rebranded ahead of their 25th anniversary. And they, like a lot of old guard breweries, were kind of struggling. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Uh, they, there are a lot of people that founded a lot of years ago that never really adapted to new consumer trends, new beer trends, just the, the way that we kind of know craft beer to be today. You always have to have something new. You always have to have something hazy. You always have to have something X, Y, Z. And, and there are a lot of breweries out there that have grew really large early on and have just kind of been flat for a lot of years. And, and Atlanta had done a great job, uh, to their credit, long before ever talking to Coda or thinking about a rebrand of making key internal changes, which is a major part of actually having a, a successful rebrand. They brought on new brewing team. They brought on new uh, executive leadership. They brought in new marketing. They brought in new field sales. They got everything squared away internally and then decided it's time to figure out what this brewery is going to be for the next 25 years. And so... Um, it's, it's still mind boggling to think about, but they founded as, uh, Atlanta brewing back in 1990. I should look at the can. Hold on. 93. <laughs> they founded in 93 as Atlanta brewing in 2010 is one of those, uh, missteps they had, uh, they had renamed to be Red Brick Brewing, which was at the time the name of their number one best-selling beer. It, it would be like New Belgium rebranding to be Fat Tire Brewing, you know, like 10 years ago or something. So they ran away from this tremendous name in Atlanta. And, and that was the name that, that we decided to kind of re-embrace and lean into uh, for the next 25 years of their, their business, hopefully. So we worked with them. We uh, ha had a couple different looks internally that, that were you know, kind of nostalgic, but obviously still current stuff that played with a lot of the fun Atlanta history. And, and we had direction that looked at kind of reclaiming that original mark, but no, it didn't really have much equity. So I'm getting too in the weeds here, but that was just a really rewarding project because their team was squared away. They trusted us. We had a great relationship with them. We created beautiful work. Uh, like to your point, Jim, I, it's one of my favorite marks we've ever put together. One of the favorite packaging systems we've ever made. Um, and the work's just been stellar. It's, it's helped them grow significantly and, and continues to grow even through the, the mess that we've dealt with over the last year or so uh, with COVID. So that was, a, that was a really fun project. Well, congrats to you guys. The work is amazing. And when I see a logo like that and I instantly are like, where can I buy that shirt? You know, it's great work. <laughs> and um, I know you Thanks. guys won in the typography category which, you know, in a lot of ways is much more difficult because you're really on the lettering and spacing. And um, as I mentioned, just, you know, perusing through your work, 
you could see the incredible diversity from project to project, which is probably exactly what you just explained, how each project is sort of cooked up um, individually and to meet that products and that brand's needs and goals. So uh, very cool, incredible use of color and design and just really diversity and everything that you guys have created here. You mentioned, um, you know, you saw a big shift towards rebrands. And I think you said 2016, 17. Um, Do you think that's a direct impact on how competitive the industry got and how many more breweries popped up? Or or why were people coming to you saying, hey, we we need to redo this? I think that's exactly Mm -hmm. it. Uh, If if you think about 2017, in, in the beginning of this kind of boom in 2010, there are a lot of breweries that have been open for three, four, five, six, seven years at that point, plus all of those older guard folks that have been open for 15, 20, 25. And, and we, we have heard, just heard anecdotally from folks that are 30 years old to folks that are three years old that, you know, I never established uh, my brewery's branding correctly in the first place. You know, I bootstrapped it or those folks like Atlanta, like Prost, like Kettle House, folks like kind of older guard regional breweries that have done really well, but just are feeling pressure. They need to cons- make everything more consistent on shelf. There's a lot of different pain points that people deal with. And a lot of it boils down to, there's just so much noise. No one cares about little old me anymore. So, so from 2017 to 20 to today, I mean, still rebranding is the bulk of our work. Um, we handled, I don't know, 15 or 20, uh, refreshes, rebrands, all of that work, uh, that, that work culminated just to kind of give a, a gross plug here that, uh, that culminated in our 2020 book craft beer rebranded, which is, um, something I'm extremely proud of. Maybe the best book we've written to date out of all two. So that doesn't really mean anything, but it's a, it's a 180 page book and a 60 page companion workbook that we wrote similar to the branding guide, but uh, a little different value prop. We saw people coming to us looking to rebrand that didn't even know in some cases, whether they should be rebranding. They didn't understand their brand equity and if they should refresh or rebrand and, it's kind of getting in the weeds here, but we, we wanted to put out a resource that would help people even before deciding to pull the trigger on this process to figure out kind of what they thought they should do. And so we, we put this book and uh, workbook out and it, that's been really successful. That's that's available to read for free or buy at Craft Beer Rebranded. And and yeah, that's that's uh, that's a very valuable book if anyone out there is interested in this sort of stuff. And we can kind of stop there and talk about that for a minute if you want. But Jim had said something earlier about bringing in seltzers and other categories uh, to the the CBMAs this year. Yeah. That's actually I don't have I don't have anything to promote really, but that's where we see the industry going now. Uh, I think if we have the same conversation five years from now, um, the industry the, the headline now at least for us is kind of a canary in the coal mine. You know, a design firm behind the scenes that gets to see stuff before it kind of comes to market a year later. Um, everything, everything is moving from being a brewery to, uh, being a kind of a house of brands or a beverage company. So we've worked with breweries that are making everything from hard seltzers, kombuchas, hard teas, RTDs, CBD beverages, functional beverages, the, the kind of nose in the air snooty. I would never make a seltzer. I would never make an XYZ that we heard even 18 months ago is just out the window. Everyone's, everyone's doing it. And uh, I, we are we are working on a book to help people manage that process and, and help to position and brand and launch those products in a way that won't hurt the brand architecture. But we're probably about nine or 10 months too early for me to be able to talk about that yet. Um, but that's where the industry's going right now. It's an amazing offering. I, I think brewery, especially when they're starting out, 
it's nerve wracking. Um, if they've never worked with an agency or an artist or a marketer, um, you know, getting your toes wet could be stressful. So I think these documents that you guys have created for the industry really help shepherd that um, relationship and uh, reinforce some of the things that a brewery really is going to need to be successful, especially um, with the fierce competition that you mentioned. I mean, with that many breweries, and I think we heard 22 or 3,200 more in planning, uh, I don't think the craft mm-hmm. brewing industry is going to slow down anytime soon, um, even against probably the worst year it's ever faced, possibly in history with COVID. It seems that craft breweries were able to be nimble and to pivot their business into a survival mode and Many are well into recovery now, and that, that's the part that we're excited about. But um, yes, as far as seltzer and kombucha and all these other incredible sort of brewery offshoots, if we already thought we were lucky in this industry, how cool is it now for that type of um, extension and um, very exciting new products? I think we're Jackie, where seltzer, mead, and and cider has been included with the 2020 CBMAs this year. So hopefully you guys get all that incredible uh, packaging and branding and just a lot of opportunity on those spaces, especially cider. That's that's one that we've been waiting to blow up for years, and just for some reason hasn't quite tipped mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but we're waiting. It's going to happen. I think it's just a matter of experimentation. I mean, I'm a beer guy. I'm an IPA guy. That's what I love, but I've recently experimented with some of those drier new ciders, and I gotta say, it's a it's a good buzz and it's flavorful, and uh, I think it, it has a, a long way to grow as well. Yeah, dry hop cider is mm. it's akin to a hoppy pills. I mean, it, it's a hell of a style. I, I really like the stuff. Um, but go ahead, Jackie. Sorry. No, I was I was gonna kind of turn it a little bit. You were talking about you know branding trends and and what we were just talking about with the industry sort of now being inclusive of beverage versus beer, right? So something we haven't talked about, as I mentioned earlier, within this podcast and since we are marketing, you know, kind of the old age thought we need a newsletter, but you're doing it and you're doing it well and you're doing it right. Um, if you can give us a little bit more of the insight, you know, beyond the the generalness of everything's changing, but what this trends newsletter is providing and and how it's helping everyone. Sure. Uh, the, so the beer branding trends newsletter, it's a mouthful, but this is a, a, a monthly collection. It's a newsletter once a month for now. It'll probably ramp up to twice a month, but we're still kind of busy. Uh, this is a monthly collection of field notes covering trends, currents, and actionable advice that we are seeing all across the country in our work in beer. Uh, the, the reason we're doing this is for five years, I think five years since like 2016, I think we've written these huge, you know, last year's was like 10,000 words. The one that we're publishing in uh, May of this year is going to be about 20,000. Uh, th- these enormous beer branding trend reports that you can go check out at cododesign.com. And so we're writing these things anyway, and a few things have happened over the years. Uh, these have become just ongoing year-long endeavors. There's no down, there's no off-season, there's no downtime. And basically, we're adding to the doc every single day as we come across new conversations with distributors or with breweries or with with off-prem folks and, and like 
large grocery retail stuff. Like we're always talking to people as part of our projects and we're always uncovering these interesting tidbits. So there's that. And then we are building on that. We, we're always framing and sharing these notes internally within our team, within Slack or within our documents that we share. So we share that with our team and with our clients and the stuff's always happening. So we just, we, we figured we would formalize it and start a newsletter, a beer branding trends newsletter to capture those conversations and offer those to subscribers. It's a free newsletter uh, on a, on a more timely basis. So now if you're one of those like three or four folks out there that uh, that are waiting. You don't have to wait till May each year. Uh, you can still read that huge piece that comes out, but now you can read these snippets and get sneak peeks of what we're seeing uh, throughout the year as well. So if you're a marketing director, brand director, in-house designer, salesperson, brewery owner, uh, anyone who's tasked with the job of selling more beer and growing their business, we have, uh, we have and are writing this newsletter directly for you. So beerbrandingtrends.com. Very cool. You, you guys are in Indianapolis. Amazing. Jackie and I got the opportunity to uh, have a nice little beer tour there, I think last year, maybe the year before. And uh, we got to nice. do like sun. <laughs> Definitely not last year, Jim. <laughs> I don't count 2020. That's not even in the book. 2020 didn't have it. <laughs> so what did we do? Sun King, Triton, Switchback, Terra Hope. Yeah, we did a lot. Upland. And what was that there's a bar there that with just hundreds and hundreds of taps. That place was amazing. There are a few of them. That's that, that was the trend for a few years in hospitality groups is a, uh, a bar with 8,000 <laughs> taps of a, a whole, a whole lot of stale beer, I think is the, the value right. prop there. Uh, yeah, we, we've got a we've got a hell of a scene here in Indy, uh, and COVID has not slowed it down. Everyone in town stepped it up and we've been going and supporting breweries and, taking care of them. They've been taking care of us. And yeah, I, I don't think we've lost anyone yet. I keep waiting, but uh, I think we're doing well through this. If I can kind of prop up our own nice little. No, excellent. Here. I mean, we hear a lot about Indiana beer and I know what incredible beer um, is coming out of that state. And you guys have, you know, some famous breweries now and uh, got to be pretty cool. I know we're lucky here. We're, we're on Long Island. And just on this one little island, I think we're at 67 breweries with uh, over 400 yeah. in the state. So um, I love the growth and I, I've loved the evolution. And I can't believe in just my own lifetime, uh, I got to see, you know, and witness this incredible evolution from where it started to now. And uh, very hopeful of where it's all going to go. Anything else, Isaac, that you guys have uh, popping that you want to talk about? I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm beer branding trends. The the newsletter is kind of the thing that we're putting all our energy into right now, aside from client work. So if you guys are interested in this, we have our again, like I mentioned, it's going to probably be twenty thousand, which is obnoxious, I know, but it's going to be a very long, uh, detailed piece about the state of the industry coming out this May. So here, I don't know what that is a couple months from now, but um, we, we get into visual trends. So the designers out there get to look at some kind of cool designy stuff. And then we get into big industry movements. And then we actually have experts that aren't just, you know, designers. So we have, you know, like uh, economists, brewers, sales folks, large chain retail distributors. We have all these other people giving us their view of what they're seeing from the market. So uh, that's going to be a hell of a piece. But you know, uh, if, if you're interested in that, beerbrandingtrends.com to sign up to kind of be along the way. But you'll probably, if you're in, if you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. 
you will probably see that piece at some point anyway uh when that goes live i'm sure it'll pop up in your feed somehow. yeah this year should be very interesting we'll definitely um, download that resource and help you guys share it um everyone listening i'm sure you saw the cbmas extended their entry deadline to march 15th uh that gives you about 30 days 32 days i think from here to wrap up uh any pending entries or enter any work that you want to compete with and we definitely remind you to do the global upgrade you guys could not only crush your own region but crush the world <laughs> so we hope um to see your incredible work there and looking forward to getting the judging panel going for 2021 and hit us up if you have any questions thanks as always to egc group for their support Thank you, Isaac. So incredible to meet you and hear about Kodo Design and look forward to having you on again in the near future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it.